Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WandaNet Domestic Shelter Set Orc Theater and the Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. My name is EBC, also known as Scotty. To my right is, um, I don't know, um, potentially... His Holiness, the Legion Cage. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, thank you. My, my dear sir, for gracing us with your presence, your grace. Uh, yes, the, the Pope himself, Legion Cage, has arrived and is uh, uh, apparently bleeding out of the top of his spade head. And uh, very nice. I, I, I can't wait to see uh, what the next uh, episodes of Arcade and these fantastic hats that you are wearing uh, comes next here. And if you're listening on the audio version of the podcast, you have got to check it out. It is entirely worth the subscription fee of negative $2. That's right. We pay you to listen to this podcast. Uh, uh, podcast. If you uh, want to get your uh, coupon uh, to redeem your $2 for listening to the podcast, uh, just check out the website. That is www ebc2021.com where all of the relevant info is uh, for the EBC channel Enigma Blockbuster Cinema and uh, including our schedule which um, we we also include a lot of different things from other streamers uh, in our community there Uh, the link to our community uh, discord which is uh, called the Conflux and uh, lots of different things there, information, um, and, and I also want to uh, take this moment to draw attention to our next audio drama, which is coming up here on Sunday, May 1st. It's called Realms Unknown, The Butterfly Decision. It's going to be a fantastic audio drama, uh, and uh, would really appreciate everybody stopping by for that if you get a chance. Uh, once again, that's on uh, Sunday, May 1st, probably at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I will be mentioning that uh, throughout some of the other episodes coming up here before that premiere date. Um, but yeah, just go to the website that's got all the information. Once again, that's www.ebc2021.com, including information on our sponsor, uh, the schedule, and uh, links for all of our guests. So that brings me to our guest here uh, on this episode of Arcade. We're at uh, Season 1, Episode 9. And our special guest this uh, day is Mr. Wrong, uh, also known as Steven. And he is uh, fantastically agreed to uh, uh, come here. Uh, He's just like one level under Pope Cage. And um, he has... Uh, decided to share with us uh, the entirety of the series of Pokemon, uh, mostly because Pokemon, uh, in all of its glory, has uh, given uh, such inspiration to him uh, as a youth and and on into adulthood, and uh, it's just one of his favorite series all around. He loves anything and everything Pokemon, and uh, that's why he is going to just run the gambit on uh, everything that is included with it. So we're glad to have you here. So let's uh, let's go on over to this here. And uh, Pokemon, yeah, uh, so much in this entire universe. Uh, like I remember uh, when I was a young teenager, and my brother was more into Pokemon. He isn't so much now, but like at that time, he was he was kind of like really caught up with the 
the lore and the history. And of course, that was the time in, in the mid 90s when the TV show was on. And, and like almost everything I knew about Pokemon at that time was primarily from that TV show. And, and obviously it's much more than that. Not only the games, but uh, yeah. the, the various things that, that all come part and parcel with the entire uh, universe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that TV show um, that I, I think it was Ash and Misty... And I kind of had like a, a nice little crush on the the Team Rocket girl with the red hair, and uh, uh, it was also kind of like a running gag with uh, with Pikachu, and and how like that's all he says is his name, and <laughs> everything yeah. he does is Pikachu. Yeah. So um, obviously, there's more to it, and we're gonna cover a lot more of that. Um, but let's start with just some basic information on what the games are, and, and we're going to start with the main games. So in, in getting some of this information, uh, the first thing I noticed is that almost every single instance up until about 10 years ago, they uh, the developers of the Pokemon series would release the game in Japan at least six months to a year ahead of it releasing everywhere else. Um, yep. So so the U.S. would uh, often be kind of late to the game in, in getting these uh, games available for purchase, um, especially before the advent of game downloads on consoles and the Internet and all that, which obviously greatly s sped up the process, but... You know the 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 uh, process of going to the store to actually purchase the cartridges for your console and um, you know making use of that 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 we were always behind as a country because it seemed they were uh, mostly targeting Japan first and and uh, the the most um, uh, yeah, I don't want to say uh, egregious aspect of that, but the, the most glaring aspect of that, I would say, is uh, the first one, which was the Red and Green series uh, that came out in Japan in 1996, and we didn't get it until two years later in 1998, and that was the first appearance in America, uh, was 1998. Uh, then we had Blue, um, which was also in 96 in, in Japan, uh, came out a little bit later in 99 for the U.S. Uh, Yellow uh, was, this is uh, where we started doing about a, uh, six months to a year apart, uh, 98 in Japan, 99 in the U.S. Gold Silver uh, came out in 99 and 2000, Crystal in 2000 and 2001, then Ruby and Sapphire in 2002 and 2003, the one that probably a lot of people in our community are are very familiar with uh, having played it, including Legion Cage and Angle Doom and several others, is uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green. They both came out in 2004. Uh, Emerald in 2004 and 2005. Diamond and Pearl in 2006 and 7. Heart Gold and Soul Silver in 09 and 10. Then black and white, uh, both in 2010, and and then this is where we're starting to get now in the last 10 years to where it was pretty much worldwide release or or at least within the same year, 
for both uh, of the games. Uh, you know, it, it's going to Japan and the U.S. within six months of each other, if not a shorter amount of time. Black and White 2, Black 2 and White 2, uh, X and Y in uh, 2013, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire in 2014, Sun and Moon in 2016, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon in 2017, uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee in 2018, Sword and Shield in 2019, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl uh, in 2021, of which our esteemed colleague Legion Cage is uh, playing with another person in our community, Steph Babies, here. Um, should be coming up on Tuesday mornings fairly soon, yes. Uh, then uh, the one that just came out last is uh, Pokemon Legends. Is it Arceus or Arceus? I've heard it pronounced both ways. I say Arceus. I say, but I know a lot of people say Arceus also, but it should be Arceus. Should be Arceus. So if yeah. they're if they're saying Arceus, they're 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 just playing wrong, and Mister Wrong's gonna beat their ass. Um. So Pokemon Legend. I can't talk half the time, so <laughs> like it's fine. Uh. So Pokemon Legends Arceus just came out earlier this year. And then uh, the, it has been announced that there is a new one coming out in late 2022 that will be uh, Scarlet and Violet. And that's just the main games. There's also side games and other related spinoffs and things like that, like Stadium, Stadium 2, Coliseum, Gale of Darkness, Battle Revolution, Conquest, Ranch, Mystery Dungeon, the card games. There, there's the, uh, the pinball games. There, uh, I heard there was even some amusement park rides in Japan and other places that are Pokemon themed. So, so obviously the universe is very extensive, goes all over the place. Um, and and I would also say that if you are somebody who has not explored the Pokemon universe, uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about where uh, you should start to get a good concept of the gameplay and and what what it requires of you as a, a gamer and um and where you should go from there because it is so extensive and uh also uh has e evolved in uh, quite a few different ways uh, to fit different styles of gameplay. Everything from the original thing games that came out for Game Boy all the way up to brand new you know, PC and, and Switch games and all this other stuff, the modern consoles. So uh, it, it definitely covers a, a very vast array of different gameplay styles and, um, and, and ways of, of entertaining you. Um, uh, the one thing that I do know, even though I know next to nothing about Pokemon, is, is the common thread throughout all of them, is that it is very similar to some of the other, uh, RPGs that we have covered in the past, and, and probably will cover in the future, in that it is a turn-based style of combat, and uh, almost all of them fit that sort of uh, metric in which not only are you traveling throughout the universe of each game, you are uh, then combating 
various uh, other people and and their Pokemon in each one of those games in a turn-based style of combat. Um, yeah. And, and that is probably the common thread that holds a lot of the the gameplay styles together for uh, just about any gamer, but the Pokemon fans in general. So um, that basically covers that. Cage, why don't you give us some information on um, what... How do I put this? What has been going on? around the release of the Pokemon games in all this time since the mid to late 90s. All right. Um, I kind of I kind of focused around like the original release. I know that we talked about, uh, you know, Mr. Wrong wanting to kind of encompass the entire Pokemon franchise here. Um, but uh, I was definitely focusing in on the original release of the game and it becoming like where it started to become the worldwide phenomenon that it is now. Uh, so, uh, fun story, Pokemon is not even the true name of the franchise. I mean, it is now, but it's it's actually called Pocket Monsters in Japan when it released. Yep. Uh, it was released on February 27th, 1996, and unlike when it was released over here as Pokemon, they released, as Scotty already talked about, as Pocket Monsters Red and Green, and uh, one thing I wanted to show off today was I actually do. I'm not sure if I actually have that in the camera. Let's try. It. There we go. Yeah, that's her. Um, yeah, the, that is the actual Japanese copy of Pocket Monsters Green. Um, so that Which is part of. Never released in in the U.S. Green was only in Japan. We got blue here in the U.S. You're jumping ahead of me. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> before uh, before you go any further, I want to ask you something real quick. Can you take that cartridge and plug it into a regular Game Boy and play it? Uh, yeah. I was gonna say I think so because I don't think the I don't think Game Boys were region coded. Okay. Um, I could be wrong on that, but obviously. Yes. I'm sorry. Hold on. The other person in the studio is saying something. Oh, yes, just weird. Yes, you, you did. You can play it, but it's in Japanese. So if you don't know Japanese, you're not going to know any of the menus. Okay. okay, so if you don't know Japanese, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, mysterious disembodied voice. It's my yeah. game. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. Well, it's our game. Get it right. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. So, uh, that is my wife, short and sweet eight four zero two on Twitch. If you don't already follow her. Um. <laughs> So yeah, you can plug it into a standard Game Boy and it will work. It is just in Japanese. So um, it was released on February 27th, 1996 as red and green. And then blue was actually released later in the year. Um, the three games combined sold over 1 million units in 1996 and almost another 4 million in 1997 and over 10 million during its lifetime. Um absolutely craziness and that you know like that's and that's where it started when the game was released in the u.s as red and blue and as pokemon not pocket monsters in 1998 again there was two years there there was two years before it finally made its way over here it sold over 200,000 copies in the first two weeks and over 4 million by the end of 1998 um 
Red and Blue received great reviews, including an 88% aggregate reviewer from Game Rankings, uh, or 88% from aggregate reviewer Game Rankings. I can't read my own writing. Um, 8.5 from EGM, 4.5 out of 5 from GamePro, 8.8 from GameSpot, and a perfect 10 out of 10 from IGN. Uh, these I games really were... I'm sorry, what? That's a high ranking from IGN. They're not normally that nice about stuff. Um, and especially not then. Like, not back then. Uh, IGN has been criticized, not to like take it on a tangent, IGN has been criticized for some of their reviews in recent years as being paid off by uh, companies. Um, right. And they may or may not, we're not going to debate that, but, you know, they were definitely harsher on their reviews back in the day when they were, you know, a smaller company. So it's pretty impressive from them. Um, the games have received multiple awards for sales and best subs, including being declared the best selling video game of all time from Guinness, Bro Guinness Book of World Records in 2017. Um, as I'm sure Steven will get into, the games are split into generations as each mainline game comes out, usually giving you a new region, set of characters, set of Pokemon to encounter. And as uh, Scotty already talked about, we are about to enter the ninth generation with 2022's Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet on the Switch. Um, with now more almost 40 games in the core franchise alone, the Pokemon franchise has exploded into spin-off games, anime shows, manga, comic books, uh, movies, trading cards, and more, and has really cemented itself as a video game icon. Another thing with that, too, is the Pokemon franchise as a whole, like, most of the time when you buy a video game and you go to sell it back or just sell it in general, like, the value of it is just gone. However, the Pokemon games are probably one of the only series that their value doesn't decrease as much as other games' value typically do. Where, like, if you tried to buy, like, Pokemon Emerald right now, like, it still probably cost you about 30 bucks. Whereas if you tried buying a PlayStation 2 game right now, it'd be like a dollar or two. Like their resaleability is still so high that they're still, they have that much worth still. Yeah, and you are 100% correct on that, especially when you get into the original like Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. If you have um, the boxes and the manuals, like I didn't, I didn't pull it out. I do actually have the manual for Pokemon Green as well. Um, or I'm sorry, Short and Sweet has the manual for Pokemon Green. Um, but uh, it, it's very, like, it's a very cool piece to have. And when it comes to collectors, collectors, they absolutely go gaga for that kind of stuff. Um, I was trying to look up here real quick. And I can only... Of Pokemon Emerald. I can only imagine it. that that value is going to go up further and further as time goes on and they i mean like how, how how much have we seen just in in the last 10 years the value of classic video games go up not just for collectors but i mean like I, I, my brother was telling me you know he's he's an avid shopper at uh thrift stores because often you'll find some real gems in there 
that are, yep. are gaming uh, or even just computer related things that that you know have been sitting in a box in someone's attic for the last 20 years and they finally decided to take it to goodwill and and they put it out on the shelf and it's you know three dollars and and you come to find out maybe that it's actually worth you know twenty to twenty five dollars on the internet somewhere because a collector is looking for that specific thing and he was telling me that just in the last year places like goodwill have started to catch on that maybe they have something more valuable there and they'll they'll put them you know behind a locked display case with a higher price tag on them and and that's just you know in in recent years where people have started to catch on to just how much value especially to collectors these things have uh and and as far as pokemon goes i can only imagine that that's going to continue growing especially now the stuff that came out then in the mid to late 90s now now we're getting past uh that being uh 20 years old and uh all of the people that have the nostalgic feelings about those games that they played in their childhood are now going to be seeking those things whether they're a collector or not and yeah. and that obviously you know is going to increase the value so pokemon in general i think is going to just continue that upward trend no matter what oh, yeah. happens now um while you were talking there scotty i did take an opportunity to to look it up real quick you know steven you you mentioned uh like the cost of like what pokemon emerald would be right yeah so i looked it up um there's a, the website that i use called pricecharting.com it's actually like an aggregate puller it'll pull from sold prices from like ebay and amazon half.com and stuff like that it's yeah. not perfect but um, you know, there's the link. The cartridge by itself for Game Boy Advance Pokemon Emerald is up over a hundred dollars, around a hundred and eight to be more precise. Complete in box, you're talking three hundred and sixty dollars. Man, think about the game cartridge that you have. You have the original Japanese where it's still called Pocket Monsters. I can guarantee you, if you had the original box, you have the manual, which will automatically increase the value of it too. But like that game. Because you have it in the case, so it probably doesn't really have that many scuff marks. Like, it's probably well kept. That game alone probably is more than Emerald is. I picked Emerald just because that's one of my personal favorite ones. But, of the series anyway. But, like, they all have extreme value. And the first the first ones have the most. Actually, you'd be surprised. It's really not as expensive as you think it'd be. Currently loose, it's going for about $15 on eBay. But I mean, but that's still a game from 1990. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, how much did they sell for when they were brand new? Uh, they didn't sell for $60 bucks. back then. Most Game Boy games, I think, were 40, 40, 30, yeah. 40. So it's already, it's almost still 50% of what it sold for back 20 some years ago. No, 30 years ago. Yeah it's still holding its value which is still really good getting there yeah okay um so we're gonna take a short commercial break and then come through uh come back uh mr brong has provided us with um a couple of videos uh, the second part is is going to be his actual gameplay 
But since we're covering all of the games in the series as one, uh, we're, we're going to start looking at some um, intro videos for each of the games and, and how it compared from the older days of uh, uh, Game Boy up through modern consoles. And, and you can see some of the difference in how, like, you know, the startup screens, what it was like to actually, you know, plug this game in and boot it up. So we'll take a short commercial break and be back in just a second. Stay tuned. All right. So um, now, like I said, uh, we're, we're going to start out watching some of the intro screens and, and what it was like to really just, you know, pop in that cartridge into your Game Boy and fire it up and and this is what the pokemon games actually looked like uh, or or excuse me pocket monsters uh in the original japanese um but yeah um so mr wrong why don't you um start running us through a little bit of like the background of the storyline and the lore and and how that develops over the game series so the first generation of Pokemon, Pokemon Green, Red, Blue, and Yellow, is based off of a character named Red. So like the anime series is based off of Ash. So this is considered a parallel universe where Ash doesn't exist in the games. Like he's he's not an actual person. Um, so Red is the actual character that you play as. Um, and honestly, they they did make an actual anime adaptation of like the real red they made him a little too nice though i say because he's he the real red wasn't that nice like he was a badass and it goes through you basically you get at the age of 10 you get your pokemon i say you get to pick one of three pokemon to choose from and basically you start off on your journey so in the pokemon world you're an adult as soon as you hit the age of 10. You're, you're supposed to go fight a war, essentially, and beat up other kids for their money. And <laughs> I mean, can, 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 can we talk about for a second there? Like, how, like, all right, kid, you're 10, get the hell out, go capture Pokemon and, and make money. <laughs> yeah, also, like, the professor who gives you this Pokedex and says, like, go record every Pokemon, like, this is your task. Also, he's like in his 70s and he has no information on any Pokemon, not even the three that he just gave you and giving away. He doesn't have their data in the Pokedex, mind you. You have to start from scratch. He doesn't help you. He's just like, yeah, I did my own thing. Here, have fun. That, that, so, that, that oddly sounds like gremlins. Here, have this little creature. Oh, and you'll you'll find out how bad it is when you do this and that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of accurate, really. It's just like, I mean, instead of feeding it after midnight, you're making it battle other gremlin-like creatures, and then it evolves and gets scarier and angrier. And right, yep. So like, that's that's the original screen. Everything was black and white. There was no color yet. And Professor Oak is giving you your first Pokemon. So it goes through all three: Charmander, Squirtle, best starter. <laughs> and Bulbasaur. So going through, I say those are the only ones you can pick. Whereas in Pokemon Yellow, you're forced, you're you're given a Pikachu. Like that, that's your only option. 
But with yellow, the special thing there was you were able to get Pikachu and then all three starters right off the bat as, a, as you progress through the game. So you can actually get almost all of the original Pokemon in yellow. As a, that's the only difference. And, um, and gold and silver, they actually added in a little keynote that red actually still exists. You don't play as red, you play as uh, gold or silver, because th those are the actual names of characters. As a, like, red and blue are actual names of people in Red's universe. Okay, so th that so was... Red is the main protagonist, and blue is his rival. Okay, so that was actually going to be my next question, uh, which you, you succinctly answered, but maybe you can expand a little bit on that. Uh, this is the first game series that I've seen that actually releases a game and puts out two versions of it at the same time. So, like, we're looking at Pokemon Silver and Gold, okay, yep. and that's not the, the whole title, Pokemon Silver and Gold. No, it is two separate games that are almost almost the same game, but they're, yep. they're still different. So we've got Pokemon Silver and Pokemon Gold, and both came out in 2000 at the exact same time. So uh, expand a little bit more on the differences between the two versions of that same game. Okay, so with Pokemon Fire Red, Red, Blue, Yellow, all those, um, the only differences between those are there was four different Pokemon that you could only capture in Green, or you could only capture in Fire Red, and then there was four of them that you could only capture in leaf green so like the only way to get complete your pokedex was to trade with someone who had the other cartridge um however with uh gold and silver as a the legendaries changed you could either capture lugia the bird pokemon of the water or you could cat you could capture uh ho -Oh, uh the essentially like prophet god bird pokemon of fire so like they were opposite i say one was water one was fire so they were opposite as like what they were weak against so like obviously lugia would win the battle because water beats fire and then crystal came out uh crystal came out with you the the leading pokemon was suicune which is the one who's running which is the mystical pokemon of uh, water and like healing and like uh, like helping with pollution and stuff because Suicune is part of a legendary trio of Entei, Raikou, and Suicune so they're legendaries but they weren't like the main legendaries of the series like Ho and Lugia were the main ones and now you like you, you just hit on something there that um, is going to take us through the rest of the series as well and that is pokemon or rather the game developers uh with each new game release coming up with a different a new pokemon an actual you know pocket monster that you can uh you know uh how do i say not collect but you know go go out throughout the game and try to collect try to you know seek this creature out and add to your yep. collection and 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 that to me uh 
you know, is is kind of like the the mark of at least a good sales tactic uh, to begin with, and that is uh, somebody who's going to put out this thing uh, that makes you want to do more with it. Now we've seen that more recently in like mobile gaming where they have like in-app purchases and things like that. Uh, I've yep. seen, you see it in Magic: The Gathering where you're just continually going out and buying more and more card packs, not only to expand your collection, but also uh, the same as, like, hunting shinies in Pokemon uh, and yeah. Legendary, you, you know, uh, attempting to uh, expand your collection into something that's much more than just a basic collection and, ha you know, have something at your disposal uh, so when you're getting into further areas of the game... And, and uh, you know, fighting uh, battles that are, are more comprehensive or against very, you know, tough enemies, uh, you are essentially better equipped because you have better items in your collection, or in this case, better monsters. So, yeah. I, I, can you talk more about, like, uh, a, as we're progressing through the games in the series, uh, what are the various options as far as like shinies or legendary uh, Pokemon things that you can capture that are much more than just the basic things that you can do? So in Fire Red Leaf Green, I say the legendary in that one was Mewtwo, and then there was a rare event that you could. It, it, there's almost a zero chance of doing it, but you could also get Mew, which is considered a mystic Pokemon. And then, so Mew 2 was like the strongest Pokemon that you could get in the game. And then the pseudo legendaries was Moltres, Articuno, and Zapdos. And then like, you can find them during the gameplay as a, you just have to unlock a few things and then you have access to them. And then with Gen 2, um, the, the main legendaries was Po'o'o and Lugia, but then they added in the extra of pseudo the pseudo-legendary of Entei, Raikou, Suicune, and then the mystic Pokemon, Celebi. So, like, there was always different Pokemon that are much better inept for fighting and stuff. So, like, the pseudo-legendary in Fire Red Leaf Green was Dragonite, which you can find Dragonite actually like decently early in the game but you have to uh fish for dratini and like that that's the only way of catching it early on anyway and like your chances of catching one is a 15 percent chance uh depending on the game you play it it's lower but in one of the uh versions it, there's the highest you could get is a 15 percent chance um depending on what rod you used um and as the games progressed, I say they Gen 1 and 2 are they were the most open ones where at at the second generation they actually did a callback where you were able to go back to Gen 1's region because they were connected. I say since then, none of the other games have had it where you can go back to a different region to explore that region again. So like those two were one of the rare ones. And then with Ruby and Sapphire, um, after Gen 2, they they started off with creating two different versions with two different legendaries as 
to change the story, I think it's more of a sales pitch because then it's there's two different games with the exact same story, but there's a one different Pokemon that you can capture. So is there a sales pitch of being able to sell sell more games, but be able to have a similar storyline? Okay, now so it, that it wasn't majorly different. So they didn't have to try as hard to make a whole new thing. They just needed to change characters' outfits and some dialogue instead of changing an entire game for something else. So, like, it's a great marketing strategy, I guess. So, um, so as a fan of the entire Pokemon series, did that work on you? Yep, I've every, I, I've always bought both games at the same time because you also got some extra stuff if you did that. There so, you go. <laughs> I never not bought both games. The only time in the entirety of the Pokemon series that I didn't keep both games was Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Because in those in that series, they actually allowed you to capture every single Pokemon, and there wasn't one that you couldn't capture. Like, literally, you had access to every single one. The only difference was you would start off with a Pikachu or you'd start off with an Eevee. And fuck Pikachu. I don't like Pikachu. I'm gonna have my Eevee. <laughs> Eevee is my Pokemon. <laughs> I, so uh, Pikachu might uh, fire a thunderbolt up your your ass, a lightning bolt, uh, for for that's your fine. disdain. Pikachu's a basic bitch. I don't like him. <laughs> uh, do we have do any we have... Pikachu fans in in the audience here that would like to uh, go head to head with Mister Wrong on this? There's no argument. Pichu is cute. Pikachu, trash. Raichu, underrated. There we go. So, so wait, you're saying the evolved form is okay? Take. Like, Pikachu is not cool, but Raichu is. Raichu, like, the, the look of Raichu is actually, like... The way they made him, Raichu had, has the potential to be a lot cooler... And in the original series, there was actually code where Raichu was actually supposed to be able to evolve again. But it was scrapped. And then Gen 2 came out with Pichu instead. And then they didn't want to have the trend of having a fourth evolution, so they left it as is. But Raichu originally was supposed to evolve into a third evolution. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like you kind of already answered it in that rather hot take, but uh, I'm going to squeeze in a question from the audience here. Star Road Game Cafe wants to know, what is your favorite Gen 1 Pokemon? I'm pretty sure I knew this going into this. Yeah, anyway. Hands but... down. <laughs> Eevee, hands down. Uh, the main reason why Eevee is one of my favorite Pokemon is Eevee's genetic code is... Well, the best way to say it is the genetic code is broken. So Eevee is able to evolve depending on certain situations. So if it's in the freezing cold, turns into a Glaceon in order to survive its environment. Is in a very grassy plain, evolves into Leafeon. Or like evolves at night. Umbreon evolves during the day. Uh, Espeon, and, they, and then uh, fire, water, uh, electricity, like... Eevee's genetic code is broken 
but it can change into what it needs to be in order to survive. Yeah. And I think that's like a really cool trait because if Evie is the only one in the entire series that can do that. Now, now we were talking before we started the stream here about um, the new game that's coming out. Uh, I already lost it. Violet and Scarlet. Scarlet, Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet. And you were mentioning, uh, and and I was just kind of like, uh, okay, I don't know what that is that Evie can evolve, and that there might be a new evolution for Evie in this upcoming game. So, yeah. so that you basically described that uh, it, it basically allows Evie to become whatever you need them to be. Yep. Uh, according to the circumstances, which is, is, I mean, essentially that's what evolution is. It's just a response to circumstances that surround you. Um, yep. So, um, how, first of all, Evie is the only Pokemon out of the entire thing that can do that? Yep. Okay. There's no other Pokemon that can have a base form as like the very beginning of its genetic line. Like if Pichu is the very start, Pichu could only ever transform into Pikachu. Okay. It, there's there's zero other ones. Um, the only. Okay, I guess that's not one hundred percent true because there's Tyrogue. Tyrogue was a Gen two Pokemon that depending on how it trained, like if it was more of a fist fighter, it turned into Hitmonchan. If it used its leg more, it turned into Hitmon Lee. And if it was like mixed martial arts, it turned into Hitmon Top. But like, they're all still fighting. Right, it's still part of the same, same lineage. Yeah, but like that's the only other one, but it's still a fighting type. Whereas Eevee starts off as a normal type and then transforms completely into electric, grass, fire. Like, it's the only one that can have the wide range of changing into something else. Right. So so what is it that you're hoping for with uh, the new game coming out in the fall that is going to make that more special for you, being that Eevee is your favorite Pokemon? So, like... They, they typically do it like every other generation they come out with an evolution. And the way that the theory is going is whenever they introduce a new character in the anime series and they get an evolution, that is when they debut the new form. Because that's how it worked for Espeon and Umbreon. That's how it worked for Glaceon and Leafeon. And that's how it worked for Sylveon. They introduce a character with an Eevee and then that Eevee evolved into a new form. So, like, that's how they introduced the new evolutions. In the newest anime series, one of the main characters just got an Eevee that when it touches a Waterstone, Firestone, or Thunderstone, it will not evolve. Its genetic code has mutated where it will not evolve when it is supposed to. Because Eevee touching any of those stones will automatically have it evolve, but this Eevee is so special that none of those stones will make it evolve. And so it joins up with the new character and it is going to go on a journey to find out who it needs to become. And so like, that is the biggest hint that it's going to be a new form. Um, for what I'm hoping it would be, 
honestly, I'd be happy with any of it. Like, I'd be more excited if it was a ghost type, but I don't see that happening. I see it more based on the typings that we already have. And also, this is going to be based off of in Spain. I don't really know what Spain's main animal is. Like, I'm not I'm not sure off the top of my head. But I just get the feeling that it might be a dragon type. Or it might be a fighting type. Those are the types that I'm thinking it could be. I mean, if you had to put an animal that was... Spain's mascot. I would say probably a bull would be Spain's mascot. You know, the well, running that's bull. fighting because yeah. people run from bulls. But um, I mean, I can. I I I feel like a lot of people desperately want a dragon type EV. Uh, you know, um, that just, I, especially in the first generation, uh, the dragon types are ridiculously overpowered, anyways. And they've kind of mellowed them out in the later generations, but... Uh, yeah, they introduced fairy-type. Fairy is strong against dragon. Yeah, and I mean, ice was strong against dragon, too, back then, but there weren't that many ice Pokemon, and with the introduction of fairy-type Pokemon, and they revamped some of the Pokemon from the original generation, yep. like... Clefairy and Jigglypuff to be fairy types that were just normal types before it made them much more viable options uh, for battling in in the game. Agreed. And then with with each generation also, I say the original trio, fire, water, and electricity, they always had at least one of them where one affects the other more. Whereas Gen 2, Espeon, Umbreon, uh, Umbreon was stronger against Espeon because Dark is better than Psychic. Not better, but strong against Psychic. And then, not psychic. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, then, and then Glaceon and Leafeon, Glaceon, Ice-type, Ice-type is strong against Grass-type. So, like, each time they usually come out with one that's strong against the other. Whereas... Sylveon was released by itself, so Fairy-type. So it would also make sense if they released Dragon-type, because Fairy beats Dragon. So that would make sense. The only other one would be Poison-type, because Poison beats Fairy. Or a Steel-type. Steel-type also would beat Fairy. Poison! Poison! God! <laughs> well, all the, EV to, uh, all the evolutions uh, have Eon in them. So. That's true. Like, Urtoxion, too. This is my favorite Pokemon right here. It's a yeah. rascal. <laughs> it's a cake. He'll kick. He's I, a cake. I, I don't think that's going to evolve into anything, though. Um, it, yeah. it evolved from being a runt into a full-size chonk. So, <laughs> that's that's how it evolved. Um. Also, I, I saw Ingle had asked also... How long have I been playing Pokemon? I've been playing it as as soon as I was able to get a Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. I've been playing it as soon as I was able to get that. So I believe 1999? Game is, Boy Advance has been in the 2000s. Yeah, but I had the original Game Boy too, though. 
Okay. I had the big one where you put the magnifier on it and you could see it, and then the, you could equip the light. Oh yeah. 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 yeah so I had all of that, and then uh, I never played the card game because I never knew how. I collected some of the cards, but I never knew what to do with them. <laughs> I still have a bunch of the cards uh, over at my friend's house. Uh, although I do actually have like the original set, the Charizard and the dark raichu from the team rocket set they're actually here in my house so oh nice yeah also scotty he took my question that i'm supposed to ask he's trying to take my job <laughs> what did i what did i steal from you this time cardinal cage no not you not you steven did oh oh steven <laughs> well, yeah. that's like all i'm good for is reading questions around here, so. Well, I saw it from up above, and then yeah, that's, the, that's uh, that's the right. question. I was like, I don't want, I don't want it to be forgotten. No, no, no. Cage is actually really on top of that stuff. He will. Uh, he's got a separate notepad on his PC, and he he'll copy the question over and and make sure they all get. Yeah. So so fuck you, Stephen. But uh, no, you. Um, <laughs> We're helping. <laughs> trying to help. <laughs> but but um. <laughs> But more than that, um, yeah, we we try to make sure all the bases are covered here, and uh, it's all right. It's it, we'll we'll just bill you later. Um, you, you can pay Cage's uh, salary for this episode since you want his job. But um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I had another question that I wanted to ask, and and that was semi related to what you were just talking about, which is, uh, so. First of all, have you played all of the main games? Yes. Okay. In one fashion or another, I'm assuming that either you've done it on a Game Boy or emulation or... Uh... Yes. I, I I owned and played every game in the series um, of the base series. Uh, like Pokemon Conquest and stuff, I've never had the chance to play that because that was on GameCube, I believe. And yeah, yeah. I didn't have that. So, so my more direct question regarding that is, uh, what are your thoughts on the the transitions from the platforms? So, like for instance, it was first on Game Boy, and then on the Game Boy Advance, and then uh, you may have seen in, in like it is now uh, several of these these two screen. Um, uh, representations of how the game was because it was on the N Nintendo DS or some of these other things that had the two screens operating in tandem. Uh, so, like, for instance, I never played on the Nintendo DS at all. Uh, so talk to me a, a little bit about, like, the transitions, especially for you personally, between Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo DS, and then on to PC or some of these other modern consoles and what it was like for you so for me the transition was because i was still i was still baby uh my parents bought it so i just nagged them constantly until i got my game boy uh and then when the game boy advance came out and you could only play um emerald or you could only play ruby and sapphire on the advance I wasn't able to get it until like Christmas, which only like a month and a half later than what it came out as. But they did buy me the games because obviously they knew that that was my life. And 
So from there, switching over, um, it switched to the DS for the rest of them. And then I got the DS for Christmas. I think I, I believe they had bought me one. I don't think that was the one I bought. I bought myself the 3DS when it came out. But like every time they made a new game and it was it was not able to be played on any of the other systems. Like I made sure to be able to find a way to get the new one. Right. So I was able to do that. And then switching from that to the 3DS, I actually, uh, obviously Tim, my husband, he actually bought me my first 3DS because I would not stop nagging him about like, I need to go buy it. Like I can't, I can't not play it, but I can't feel like I need it. <laughs> and I think, I don't, I don't remember. I don't, I think it was X and Y was the first 3D marker. Okay. Well, not what? It's going to be a minute. And we just lost our guest. <laughs> and he's My bad. mother has arrived. Uh, but yeah, um, it wasn't too difficult to be able to get the games. Obviously with each one, their advancements in the graphics and everything and the way the Pokemon moved in the games and even the noises like increased and was able to be a lot more smooth as the games were up too. And then I this is I don't Tube is here and he's already correcting me on shit because he he's he's the Pokemon researcher of the group. Uh did I don't remember if it wasn't introduced until Gen 2, but shiny Pokemon, I don't believe existed in red and blue and green. I think they were first introduced in gold and silver. I'm not 100% on that, but I don't recall if that was actually a feature added in until after. I know obviously it was there for fire red and leaf green, but I don't believe Okay, see, I was right. Okay. <laughs> I know things too. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think so. So like, when, when Gold and Silver came out, that's when they introduced the actual colors of the games. So think, I think that's why they introduced Shinies to be a thing. Because the other games are black and white, so there's zero, no difference at all. that answer the question or did i just go off on tangent for no reason probably i mean but we we all go off on tangents on all sorts of things like uh yeah you you wouldn't believe what i had for dinner last night so but no we're not going to talk about that uh the uh the game well at least what we're watching right now has been uh, a youtube video on um the introductions to each of the games in the series and, and we've only got a few minutes left in that if you are in our live chat uh first of all appreciate you thanks for uh, stopping by uh if you do have any questions for uh our guest mr wrong go ahead and put them in the uh, chat you can also put such things as um i'm sorry you don't know your asshole from a manhole cover uh this thing about pokemon is actually this and <laughs> and he will take it in stride uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's so much 
to the uh, Pokemon universe that, you know, there, uh, you, you really, like, I mean, Mr. Wrong is, is obviously far more of a fan of this than, than I could ever be because he, this is what he grew up with. This is, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of his gaming experience. And, and, and that's why it holds such a special place in his heart. But, but beyond that, um, you know, like the same way I am with Star Trek, like maybe not so much the newer stuff, but and 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 obviously things that I haven't actually looked at. But like I've I've seen almost all of the video that has come out on that. I, hell, I own almost all of the video that has come out on Star Trek TV series and movies. Uh, and I probably own about a third of all of the available novels and comic books. So as far as that goes, you know, I, I'm probably the resident expert on, on Star Trek, except for maybe short and sweet. But I, I'm, I'm sure she'd probably, you know, go head to head with me on that. Uh, the, the experience that we grow up with, you know, and it's a lore that we fall in love with, uh, is definitely the thing that shapes... Uh, our gaming and entertainment experiences as adults um and, and i'm sure you know you're you probably have more of a handle on this than 99 percent of our community so it's it's not necessarily like any any type of thing to be wrong on a particular thing or you know even just forget it because how many different thousands and thousands of facets are there to all of this you can get lost in the lore yep is that this is why this is why i call tuba the pokemon researcher because i don't know if you've ever seen it but he he has a a file yeah a spreadsheet like, like, uh, spreadsheet. It, spreadsheet yeah it's it's massive and like he spent so much time on it i was like you you've done your research so he's the pokemon researcher for me. There you go. For me, I'm just really good at beating shit. So, like, <laughs> I'm just good at typings and, like, the fighting of Pokemon. I would not say that I'm, when it comes to a lot of the Pokemon lore, I don't, I would not claim to know all of that. But I do know a good variety of know what works with what. <laughs> well, and like you said, so so that deals more with, like, the, the combat you know what are you going to choose to go up yeah. against this this thing in combat to be able to actually win and and do yeah. what you need to do to advance the game so um we're going to take a short break and uh, uh come back for steven's actual playthrough of one of the pokemon games his favorite and uh we'll we'll cover a little bit more of that getting into some of the the nostalgic memories that that uh, Mr. Wrong has uh, regarding the Pokemon series, and uh, and and once again, if you do, yeah, Stephen's mom he is here uh, in the background. Hi, mom, how you doing? Good to see you. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I might as well mention this here. Um, Mr. Wrong and his mom are going to be doing a charity event uh, shortly following. Uh, the end of the podcast that we're broadcasting live here on Twitch, and we will have some information on that uh, coming up for you uh, in, in probably about uh, 25 or 30 minutes. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take our short commercial break and come back for uh, Mr. Wrong's playthrough of 
one of the Pokemon games. Uh, so stay tuned. Be right back. All right, we are back, uh, and Mr. Yes. Wrong has provided us with a uh, shorter playthrough of his favorite Pokemon game, and that is Mr. Wrong. I say I chose Pokemon Let's Go Eevee because it lets me play with my very favorite Pokemon at the very start of the game. So I was very excited to play and be able to because they introduced it where you play it like Pokemon Go, where you actually throw a Pokeball at the screen and that's how you capture Pokemon throughout. They changed the original games a little bit, but I picked one that's more nostalgic based on the originals. Well, <laughs> so so it, it actually captured your motion kind of like... Um... Yeah. What was that? The Xbox Connect. Yep. And, yep. Uh, oh, the remote. The itself. Wii U. Yep. It would like it would react to like how fast you would throw it if you do okay. it too lightly. Like it was very specific. Yeah. And then Evie pops out and all cute and running around. Uh I cannot tell you how many times I squealed like a fucking schoolgirl because of this game <laughs> because I got to play with Evie and then Evie's little cute noises that she makes through it I was just like Ow. Uh, I and, it. And, and, and I was excited yes. and it's not uh, fucking Pikachu right? yeah it's not fucking <laughs> Pikachu although I did catch one because I needed it for the Pokedex entry but that's it. It will never be seen again. <laughs> so, so now we. So now we've covered uh, uh, pretty much already uh, that first of all, you've you've got to essentially you know catch these Pokemon by throwing a Pokeball and and uh, like you know when me watching um, Fire Red and Leaf Green, you know our our friends here in the community playing that. Um, you, you come across a wild Pokemon and you kind of like have to wear them down, you know, uh, uh, do a sort of an attack to, to get them a little bit weaker and then you can maybe capture them based off of, you know, the criteria of what constitutes yep. uh, being able to capture. And, yep. uh, and then obviously you're doing training, you're, you're leveling up through the system, you're, you're, you know, gaining more powers and things like that. Uh, so how would you end up beating a game? Uh, to beat the game, say you, once you, you go through the game, there's eight different gyms that you have to go through. And then after you've beaten all the gyms, you are able to go and uh, fight against the Elite Four, who are like the top four trainers of the region. And then there's the Pokemon Champion, who you have to beat. And after you beat the Champion, the technically you beat the game. But after you beat the game, it unlocks some other stuff, and you're able to progress through the game uh, just with like some... D it's, it's before DLC existed. But just like extra stuff, and I'm now realizing I did not edit how long I waited on this screen <laughs> <laughs> because I walked away from the 
playthrough to go grab a drink. That's all right. Let's let's see if we can uh, jump ahead a little bit here. I'm just like, oh god, I did not edit there this part out clearly because it's still on. Hi, my name is Blue. <laughs> That's all right. No, no big deal. Um, so so is that oh, just gosh. is that just for? Uh, let's go, Evie. Uh, where you go through the eight? Uh, no, as a for the main series line, um, with the exception of Sun and Moon, um, there's always eight different uh, gyms you have to battle, and then there's the Elite Four, and then the Champion. Um, so that's the main the main story of it is beating them, and then with each badge. Because, like, if you are given a Pokemon from someone else and you don't have the badges, they won't they won't listen to you. They'll, they'll ignore your orders to, like, mm. do a move. Or they'll be like, nah, decided to go to sleep or something like that. Because uh, in the games, friendship actually does matter. Like, if your Pokemon hates you, it won't listen to you. Well, that, that aspect of it... Um... The, the, the previous one before the friendship thing actually appeals to me quite a bit, but you know going into the game that you're going to have eight gyms that you have to go through, and then the Elite Four, and then the Champion, and, and you know what to expect from this gameplay experience, and how to actually beat it, how to complete the game, and obviously there's 10 million different paths you can take with each yep. game and, and, and to get to that. But you know what to expect of it, and then and then the second aspect you were talking about there, uh, I remember watching. Um, I think it was Doom playing Leaf Green, uh, where uh, you were giving him some advice on that. You know, you you've got a Pokemon of this level, and unless you get this characteristic that adds to it, uh, he's just going to stop listening to you. And and I think that that adds quite a bit of complexity to an otherwise uh, pretty straightforward gameplay because yep. you you may end up playing the game, say, for a first time and going through it and then finding out that your Pokemon just isn't listening to you anymore and you're like, what the fuck? And you, yep. have, to, you have to learn almost the hard way that this is the way to make sure that you retain control of them throughout the entire game. Yep. So, like, your starter Pokemon, I say that's the only one that will always listen to you, like, regardless. I've I've been in just on an emulator replaying through Pokemon Fire Red, taking my Charmander. I've gotten my Charmander to, like, level 30 before I finish the second gym. So, like, you can train them high and then... Because the second gym is supposed to let you control Pokemon over level 30, whereas the first gym only is up to level 30. So anything above level 20, the Pokemon is supposed to ignore you. But your po your starter Pokemon will never do that, luckily. <clears throat> and, well, okay, so for in this one, you start with an Eevee? Yep, as a, it's kind of, it just bounces around the screen, and then it, like, runs away because... Like, you don't get a choice. Your your partner is Eevee, or in the other one, your partner is Pikachu. Um, I don't know what would be in the third Pokeball, because the first one is Pikachu, the second one's Eevee, but the third Pokeball is just... it. If you click on it, it says that there's a Pokemon inside. 
but there's there's never a third game, so there's no other ones. And then also, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee was the first branding of Eevee becoming a mascot for Pokemon, whereas Pikachu has always been the mascot. Eevee is now a mascot as well, so they're both the official mascots of Pokemon series. Gotcha. Do we have any uh, questions outstanding in chat, Cage? Yes, I do have one. Um, so, you know, you talk about Pokeballs, obviously the, the regular Pokeball and standard red and white ones there, but uh, Tubaswan wants to know there are many different types of Pokeballs in the series. Which one do you like using the most? This one. Explain what that one is. This is the Premier Ball. Um... It's, it has the same rate and everything of a Pokeball, which is not that great. I just like the color scheme of this one a lot more. Like, I just really like the look of this one. So I've always, whenever, because you get the Premier by, uh, if you buy 10 Pokeballs, you get one Premier Ball. And then, like, that's just how it works with buy 10 of any Pokeball, you, you get the Premier Ball. So what I would do is I was always buy like 50 uh, Pokeballs, so then I would get five, and then I'd sell the Pokeballs, and then I'd buy a bunch more. Because <laughs> I just really liked the look of these ones compared to the regular Pokeball. I just think these ones look cooler with the red around it instead, instead of the black. But that was my, that's literally my only reasoning. It just looks better. And I don't really care about the usage of it. Like, it's not better. They, they, they have the exact same capture rate as each other this one just looks better okay so so that's the the standard pokeball is the red and white and then the uh premier ball is the all white with the red uh trim uh what other pokeballs exist that you can use there's a lot so there's there's pokeballs that exist only in the anime and then there's the pokeballs that exist in the game so the ones that exist in the game um just kind of the main ones that people use is so premier ball pokeball great ball and ultra ball those are the main ones okay. and then can you, there you, is before you go any further can you describe the great and the ultra uh so the great ball is a blue one and it if the pokeballs cat this is not an accurate description of the catch rates but a pokeball in gives you an increased chance of like 10%, let's say. Uh, the Great Ball will increase your odds of catching the Pokemon by 20. And then the Ultra Ball will increase your chances by 35. I say, those aren't the actual tuba don't yell at me. Uh, <laughs> but those, basically each one gives you a much higher chance of actually capturing a Pokemon. And then you have ones like the Dark Ball, and the lure ball, which the dark ball is if you're in a cave or just in a naturally dark place, the cave ball will actually have an increased chance of catching a Pokemon. Okay. And the lure ball works especially well in water. So catching Pokemon on the surface water or underwater. So like just depending on, and then there's also a quick ball and a timer ball. A quick ball is if you engage a Pokemon 
And before you even fight it, if you just throw the Pokeball as your very first action, your chances of catching a Pokemon is extremely high. Whereas if you used it on the third turn, its chances are really low. And then the Timer Ball is the exact opposite of that, where the longer the fight goes, the higher the chance the Timer Ball will work. So, like, there's a bunch of different ways and a bunch of different versions of the Pokeball. Okay, and and let's let's go on, uh, continue on that, but with a, a different uh, tangent, and that is uh, generations of Pokemon. So so can you speak a little bit about the differences in Gen One, Gen Two, all the way up to Gen sixty seven? As in what? Like, the differences like um, how how are they presented? And, and, like, uh, what are the, the the main differences between, like, a, a specific generation? For their balls? No, the actual Pokemon. Oh, okay. Um, throughout the generations, um, I don't know. Sorry about my dog. It's, That's it's right. throwing me off right now. I can only think about how much he's barking. Um, what's the question? <laughs> Basically, kind of like what are what are the differences between from generation to generation? Yeah, so like, like so like yeah. Gen One came out with the original Game Boy games, and yep. and then when they came out with Gen Two, how was that different? And maybe when better? they came out with Gen Two, they introduced two new typings. I say they introduced Dark type and steel type let say those are the only differences from gen 2 with the exception of more pokemon um i don't think they came out with any other mechanics they came out with a few new um, moves though like tms and stuff so like there's different things that you can uh, teach pokemon and then gen 3 same thing they came out with more moves that pokemon could learn um different evolutions um like with each generation, like there's there's a Gen One Pokemon that gains an evolution in Gen Two, or gains like a pre-evolution in Gen Three from a Gen One game, and then like, because in Gen One there was like Electabuzz and Magmar, and Gen Two they had a pre-evolution like the kid version of Elekid and Magby. So like, they were trying to work with the core Pokemon to create different evolutions to create more Pokemon in general as they went on. I don't think I say since Gen 2 I don't think they've had it where every the entire generation is essentially new like they did in Gen 2. Gen 3 they did really good with it and then Gen 4 they brought back a bunch of Pokemon to to increase the overall of what's in the world. So like they kept adding on that way and then uh as the game series kept continuing they came out with x and y where they introduced mega evolution where only certain pokemon could mega evolve which is essentially a fourth evolution but it was only for a certain amount of time and then it turned it back into its form so like they introduced that and then they introduced uh in Sun and Moon, they introduced Z-moves with, like, crystals and stuff where they could just do one really powerful move 
like a like a Power Ranger type shit. And then in Sword and Shield, they came up with uh, gigantification essentially, where your Pokemon just grew massive with chaotic energy. Yeah, that definitely that de that definitely is Power Ranger shit there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make my monster grow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah, um, but I haven't seen that in forever. Power Rangers, yeah. man. No. No, I've not seen that either. All right. But other than that, uh, they haven't introduced any other uh, fighting mechanics. I say they introduced uh, triple and rotation battles. They introduced that in Gen 5, I believe, where the three Pokemon would rotate in battle, but only one of them could attack, whereas like double battles, they both attack at the same time. Rotation, you actually needed to change who was the one going to attack and take the damage. But other than that, I don't think there was a lot of other changes. Okay. Well, they, they uh, you know, for someone like me who really hasn't spent any time studying any of this, um, the the generational aspects of it is, is kind of confounding to me personally because I look at that and I'm like, okay, uh, so so you're adding new Pokemon, but you're also adding to the complexity of all of it as you keep on going. And like you said, the one generation they went back and added previous Pokemon to that just to add to the complexity of what all is in the world, you know. Um, yep. as opposed to maybe something where it all takes place kind of in the same universe and, and you just continually add to the same set. No, they've actually got different sets and uh, it really depends on which game you're playing at what time. Yep, yep. So, so for like the main generations of the game, um, each new actual generation of the mainland game always introduces a bunch of new Pokemon. Um, with Pokemon Arceus, they, they did introduce no new Pokemon, but they are different evolutions of Pokemon that already exist. So they didn't create just an entirely new Pokemon with the exception of, uh, there was Landorus, Tornadus, and Thunderous. They added a fourth member. I, I don't remember what its name is. It's, it's too new for me. And then, like, but other than that, they didn't just create, like, an entirely new uh, evolutionary line. So, like, they added in Pokemon that evolved from previously known Pokemon, but that the change of that was it went, you went back to, like, to the Edo period. And, like, these Pokemon don't exist now because they're from the past. Okay, uh, Cage, go ahead and ask those couple of questions from Tulab, and then we're going to shift gears a little bit. Okay, um, so, you know, each each gener uh, generation tends to have a bad guy, right? So, like, uh, you know, Team Rocket. Yep. Uh, so Tuba has a couple questions regarding bad guys. Which bad guy, or which generation bad guy did you enjoy the most? Um, which one had the most compelling mission to you? And which boss stuck out to you? So, like, three questions all in one. Okay. Um, so, for which generation... Well, I'll add in the fourth question, just because for the generation that I enjoyed the most, I think the one I enjoyed the most 
was Pokemon Black and White, where the protagonist, the the antagonist was N, and he was actually able to talk to Pokemon, and I thought the way that they added it in that like he was genuinely trying to help Pokemon, but he was brainwashed by this terrible group that people are just using Pokemon for their own advantages. And like, they only gave N Pokemon that were betrayed by their uh, trainers. Like, so he grew up thinking like, all Pokemon wanted to not be with people. And so like, he was considered the bad guy, but like in Gen, then they came out with Black and White 2, where he actually comes in at the end and helps you because like he's realized like that's not how the world works. So like I thought that they were the 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 way they introduced that generation had a lot more conflict than some of the other ones. Like Pokemon Team Rocket, the original, they just were stealing Pokemon to steal Pokemon for a profit. Like that was just their goal. They're just criminals. Uh Gen 2 was a continuation of Team Rocket where Giovanni just left. And I can say now, Giovanni is one of my favorite bad guys, because daddy. But other than that, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, one of my most hated uh, bad guys, because that's the fourth question, the hated was from Sword and Shield, because they were just fans. They weren't bad guys. They were just annoying people who just kept getting in the way. And I'm like, fucking leave me be. I don't care about this stupid shit. Like, you're just in my way. Like, be a fan, be a mega fan somewhere else. I don't, I don't care. Leave me be. You're not bad guys. You're just fucking creepers. Like, I don't like them. They're the only ones I really did not care for. Um, and the one with the most compelling mission for me I want to say the most compelling mission would be X and Y. Just for the fact that their mission was to... Wait, okay, I should clarify. When you say compelling, like the one that I agree with or not, because this would drastically change my answer. Because he's planning on like killing a bunch of people and like killing a bunch of Pokemon and like... I think his was like the most devastating. So like, I'm compelling the case, like he was legit about to murder most of the people in the world to in order to do this goal. Like, okay, then I see their point. No, not that one then. Cause he was about to murder a bunch of people and Pokemon. Um, I guess, I guess I would say uh, from black and white then, ends, ends actual purpose. And, and his goal was to free Pokemon who have been hurt and been tortured by their trainers and stuff. So, like, his goal was actually, I could see his point. Because, like, in the Pokemon world, there are such, there's so many Pokemon trainers who are just assholes and don't care for their Pokemon. And use them as, just to, to use them to meet their goals. Whereas the team, uh, I think it's Team Galaxy they what they wanted was for people to release their pokemon and only keep and then not only them were allowed to have pokemon in order to rule the world so like two different factions i i believe n was the only one compelling that 
saving Pokemon from trainers who were just assholes. Like, his was the most one that I would agree with. Because the first, like, first generation and second generation is just Team Rocket. They're just stealing Pokemon just to steal for a profit. Gen 2, they need a fucking science lesson because neither of them know how the world works because one of them wants to create more land by using magma. The other one wants to create more water, which if they don't know how the fucking water cycle works, it evaporates and condensates and like everything else. So they don't know how, how just the basic elements work. So neither of them are fucking smart. Uh, Gen 4, they were trying to create a new universe, which that didn't turn out for them. So yeah, not all the generations are very smart with how they actually wanted because they didn't think of like what would happen after they succeeded. They just wanted to do something and then they tried it and then they failed because a 10 year old beat an adult up. Well, that sounds like most supervillain tropes anyways. They don't understand the bigger picture of what they're doing. They just, they see what they want to accomplish and, and go from there. It doesn't really matter. So exactly. Which that's that's the lesson, kids, is don't be short sighted. Otherwise yes. you may end up a Pokemon villain, you know. <laughs> yep. All um, right. So I know you said you wanted to switch uh gears you, here real quick. But I, I had one I had one other question actually I had wrote down a little while ago. Now, um uh, I can probably take a stab at it, but um being that you your favorite Pokemon is Eevee and um you know, in traditional Pokemon games, it's good to have a well-rounded team, but every other trainer across the world, including the gym leaders, are pretty much single-typed. So, Mr. Wrong, if you were a single-typed gym leader, what type would you choose? Ghost-type. Ghost-type. That would have actually been my second guess. I would have actually guessed Psychic, which actually would be my choice, personally. Psychic I mean, Psychic Pokemon are best. I do, but... I, I'm a big fan of, obviously, spooky stuff. So, like, dark and ghost type. Uh, me and Tuba, I didn't know exactly how Pokemon Arceus was going to go. So, me and Tuba were going to create a challenge for each other where I was going to be a ghost dark type user for the entire game. But, like, battling wasn't as big of a thing. So, it kind of became a moot point. But yeah, uh, I would become a ghost type. Let's say, other than that, I would have been an evolution trainer, where I would just have all the evolutions and an EV on my team. Because that's literally one of my goals in every Pokemon game, is to have every evolution that I can and have an EV team. Nice. Very nice. Mm. I, I One other question just kind of popped up while you, we were answering that other question. Uh, the one and only Doomster wants to know what is your least favorite Pokemon? And you can't say Pikachu because you've already you've already whined about it a couple times. So Bidoof. I fucking hate Bidoof. <laughs> Bidoof, I just hate that goddamn thing. It Oh, there's so many like memes on Bidoof, and I just I don't like Bidoof at all. Bidoof just no. It's it has a stupid face. <laughs> Oh boy! Why, why do you all, why do you hate that Pokemon? It's got a stupid face. <laughs> it's a stupid face. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what a Bidoof looks like, I will drop a link in the chat here so you all can see it. It's too close to um, Bidet. It kind of is. 
Remember like, that's the toilet with, that shoots the water up your butt? Yeah. 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 Is has one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, all I wanted to do uh, was uh, switch gears here uh, for the last, because uh, we got a few more minutes here in your playthrough. Uh, let, let's talk now about some of your memories surrounding uh, the Pokemon. So, like, when you were a kid playing the first games that you got a hold of and, you know, going to, like you said, you, you know, begging your parents make sure you got every single game that came out and the console that went along with it. Um, yep. Why don't you talk to us uh, a little bit about like some of your fond memories surrounding the games? Uh, and maybe you hit a particular spot in one of these games that you you're going back to play it now as an adult, and you remember this, um, and anything else that's related to that. Um, for the main series lines, like I've replayed them so many times, and nothing really describes the feeling of starting it. For the first time but replaying Arceus is probably the best feeling I I've had with a new generation of Pokemon because it was so fresh and like playing the original Pokemon series like the nostalgia that I get with it Pokemon Arceus was able to like revamp that love for Pokemon because of like the whole different twist that they put on it, like, and everything that they've done to switch it from the main games, which I know that Scarlet and that is going to be going right back to, like, the eight gyms, the trials, everything, which I think they're going to be keeping, like, the capture methods and everything the same. And if they do that, like, it's it's already revamped my... the fire in me for the games as a whole. Um, as for like particular moments in my playthroughs, um, one of the most that sticks out to me is my very first shiny that I encountered. Uh, my very first shiny that I naturally encountered in the wild randomly was an electric, which is a gen three Pokemon. Um, it's an electric dog. <laughs> and that was the very first shiny I had ever seen. And I, I, I knew that shinies existed and at that time, like, the odds of finding a shiny were so high. Like, right right now, the odds of finding a shiny are... It's so much easier to find a shiny now than it was then. So, like, finding a shiny, like, literally was a needle in a haystack. Hmm. Your odds of finding one were the bare minimum. So, me finding that Electric was one of my favorite things because i was so stoked and, that that even happened for me and that's probably going to be something you carry with you for the rest of your life yeah <laughs> you know they introduce the pokemon home and then the pokemon storage box which you're able to transfer pokemon from the game boy advance games up to the other versions and that electric i evolved into i i'm blanking on its name is but, it like mantike or something like that yeah that's what i was going to say too but that's a water type pokemon is mantike yeah. but uh i evolved it and i brought it into later games that one pokemon stayed with me through multiple generations manectric manectric yes thank you joba <laughs> there you go it was on the shit Technically, I googled that before Tuba could say it, but what else? Oh, shut what up, Cage. 
<laughs> anyway, um, okay, so uh, we're uh, rapidly running out of time here, so we're going to switch gears, and we're going to show you the trailer for the new game coming out here this fall, 2022, uh, that is the next main game in the Pokemon series. Here we go. So that's the uh, trailer for the new games coming out, uh, Scarlet and uh, Violet. Did I get that right? It was just in front of my face, and I, I can't remember 10 seconds later what the names were. What is it again? Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet. Okay, so I did get it right. I, I'm, I, I'm only half brain dead here. So, 
Um, yeah, Scarlet and Violet. Uh, so, Mr. Wrong, what's your what's your thoughts on that coming out here this fall? I'm so excited. As they, if they keep the same overworld that they had in Arceus, I would be so stoked for that. As they, and the way to capture Pokemon, because running into the grass and like constantly, like when you're just trying to get somewhere and constantly like random encounter, random encounter, I feel like being able to kind of choose if you want to encounter something is a huge play on the game that they should have introduced a long time ago. Okay, and you want to ask that uh, question quick, Cage? Which one? We actually have two from the chat. Oh, do them both. Rapid fire. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Short and Sweet asked the question that actually I was going to ask. We, we were talking while we were watching the trailer. I had a question that I was going to ask you. Um, but Short and Sweet and I both want to know, what starter are you going to pick for the new games? Um, there is Spriga, Sprigatito, Fuicoco, yep. and Quaxley. Those are the three new starters. In case anyone in chat wants to see them, there is a picture that I just dropped a link in the chat. But yeah, Sprigatoto to the grass cat Pokemon, uh, Fuicoco the fire croc Pokemon, and Quaxley the duckling Pokemon. Uh, the one that stuck out the most to me was the little dinosaur because it looks so cute. Uh, and then the cat, I'd say. So it's between those two. I don't, I'm going to wait for, on my final decision about Donald Duck. Um, because that's essentially, it's one of his nephews, uh, Huey, Dewey, Huey, or whatever the fuck. It's just one of the, his kids. I don't know. Uh, so those two are the main ones that I'm looking at now. But until they release what the final evolutions are like, I'm holding my opinion till then. Because the Donald Duck brothers might grow up. <laughs> and that's absolutely fair. And, and honestly, kind of how I feel about it, too. My first instinct, personally, is to always... Like I, I do gravitate towards the water Pokemon as the starter choice. Um, and sometimes I'll choose the fire ones, uh, but I very rarely will ever choose the grass type Pokemon, but the grass cat is kind of cute. So I don't know. Well, Quaxley looks like it needs to get a, a good haircut or something. It's just, it's got this big fro on top. That's a... <laughs> I feel like that's going to be its kind of main focal point when it evolves. It's going to have like Brown. supposed to have like this fancy like hairdo in its final form. You know what I mean? Like it'll be like a vein Pokemon or something like that. True. Interesting. Uh, I do not love Bulbasaur. Shut up, short and sweet. <laughs> um, uh, last question. So the other the other question that popped up while we were watching the trailer there, uh, Tuba Swan again asking uh, another question. Gosh, Tuba, with all the stinking questions. Um, Tuba, you're fired. <laughs> how would you feel if in order to fit with the changes that Pokemon may do, and I'm assuming probably meaning like how uh, Scarlet and Violet are probably going to take a lot from uh, Arceus. Um, yep. How would you feel? Would you be upset if they removed or changed some Pokemon types or evolutions or way of doing things similar to how Glaceon can now be obtained through an Ice Stone? Honestly, I think, I mean, specifically that with being able to evolve Glaceon without needing to go and find some random rock that you might not know where it is, where just using an Ice Stone, I thought that was actually a really nice change because it makes it easier to be able to obtain. So, like, I think the way that they're doing things, they've changed a little bit, but they simplified it. I say being able to, like, track something down, like, 
you have to be in a very specific location in order to do something. But that specific location isn't unlockable until the end of the game. Like, instead, providing you with a stone at some point to give you that option earlier, I think that's really cool. Whereas if you don't have that stone, having that other option, I think that's really nice. So with the changes that they might do, they've already made so many. I don't think I'd be upset. I think if they are making another Pokemon, uh, like changing its typing or something, if it makes sense, okay. Because like with Clefairy, Gen 1 was a normal type. But when they introduced fairy types, it became a fairy type. But like that makes sense. However, if they were to take like Tauros, who's a normal type, and just change it to a ground type for this generation, unless they make it a regional variant, it wouldn't make sense. So like if they don't do anything like that, I don't think it's anything drastic. But I think the way that they're doing things so far is staying with the particular trend. And it's been working. I don't think there's been many major issues with that anyway. All right. Well, there you have it. Okay, uh, Mr. Wrong, why don't you tell us real quick about your uh, charity event that's starting on your channel, uh, which is uh, twitch.tv slash Mr. Wrong, spelled M-R-W-R-O-N-G, and add the numbers on the end, 842. So Mr. Wrong, 842, uh, uh, and uh, let us know what you're going to be doing there. So I have my mother here. She is currently being talked with by my husband. He's keeping her entertained. Uh, we are going to be holding a MS charity event, which is multiple sclerosis. Uh, we are doing that. And my mom is very different from me in the aspect of being scared. I have never seen my mom actually scared of something and like yell. I've seen her be angry and yell at me but I've never seen her scream of fear. <laughs> so my goal is to have her play games that are actually going to scare her because <laughs> I need this in my life. <laughs> so, that is cool. um, I've already created a charity link and everything. Um, and I put it in where it'll show up on in the chat tab every so often. Um, I didn't make, I don't think I made the goal really high. I just kind of was like, yeah, let's shoot for this. Like, I'm not expecting it just for the fact that I know not everyone is able to. So just bring your presence and hang out with me and my mom and you'll see where my attitude comes from because we are very much alike when it comes to our sassiness. So you will 100% see that when she's on camera. And, and, so you and can, uh, approximately yeah. when are you going to be starting here? Uh, I switched the time because I am obviously terrible with time zones. Also, I didn't know this was, a, <laughs> we were gonna go for two hours. Yeah. So I have it starting in seven minutes. Okay, uh, so so let's, let's just say within the next uh, 20 minutes or so, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, uh, since yeah. obviously uh, I'm not gonna be uploading this to the RSS feed for a couple of days here, uh, if you would like to uh, view Mr. Wrong's um, charity event for multiple sclerosis you can go to his channel and it will appear in the video on demand section because this is being uh recorded on sunday march 20th and you can go in, into his uh, archive there and find that 
and and then you uh, if you're interested in watching his charity event you can go back and do so after the fact and he'll still have some information there on if you would like to donate uh, and and you could do so you know uh, post post stream post ex facto and and uh, and uh, he would very much appreciate it but again his twitch channel is twitch.tv slash mr wrong eight four two m r no period or anything like that so m r wrong 842 and uh you can check out all of his content and uh, of course my co-host is uh, legion cage he's at twitch.tv slash legion cage spelled l-e-g-i-o-n-k-a-j-e and i am scotty ebc twitch.tv slash ebc 2021 check out the schedule for uh, a lot of our different uh, streamers in our community and everything coming up on my channel uh, on the website which is www.tvc2021.com So for everybody here at the Arcade Nostalgic Memories Podcast, thank you for joining us. Uh, See you later and 